Randy, if you're able, uh, join me in the call to worship. <clears throat> and God created the heavens and the earth. And God breathed life into each of us and set us upon the earth. Everything that fills our souls with gladness and light is a gift from a loving creator. We have entrusted unfathomable riches for all this, our God, is to be praised. Let us worship God together. Good morning and welcome to worship today on this uh, Sunday after 
Thanksgiving Day uh, holiday. Uh, I hope that you had a wonderful Thanksgiving uh, with family and friends and that you are now here and we're joining together to again praise the one who is the giver of all good and perfect gifts, the one who has blessed us um, immensely and who walks with us continually. I think that everyone here is, um, almost everyone here is uh, one of our uh, home folks or Southside members, but for those who aren't and for those who may be uh, worshiping with us via the webcast, we want to uh, let you know who Southside is. And Southside Baptist Church in the heart of Five Point South is uh, a church that's building an inclusive community of grace, first in this community and then beyond. And we do that by welcoming all into this uh, house of worship, but not only welcoming them in, also befriending, encouraging, walking with as we all seek to understand our role in God's uh, created world and how we fit into that kingdom's, uh, God's kingdom plan for, for all that he has created. Today, as we uh, share together, we do want to um, take a moment. If you'll fill in the attendance uh, booklet uh, at the end of each pew, you can sign it comes by. So after you do that, sometime today, tear that off and place it in the offering plate when it comes by, and we will have a record of that. But also, we want to take a moment that in greeting one another uh, by the passing of the peace, so we will pass the peace of Christ now, if you would take a moment and do that to those that are nearby. And it is uh, also our pleasure to greet those who might be viewing us live on our YouTube channel stream or uh, after the fact. We are uh, glad that you could join us in whichever way, either uh, uh, right this very minute or uh, by delayed broadcast. It, uh, we are greeting one another in the name of Christ and we greet you as well, uh, those who are viewing us. You'll hear um, scriptures and uh, texts from hymns today that are related to the fellowship of our faith, uh, Christ welcoming all into his body. Um, Dr. Oxfellow will, will lead that um, in just a few moments, and we will uh, be having psalm readings from Psalm 81 and from Hebrews 13. As always, it is good to see those who are with us here in the, the uh, sanctuary. We've been greeting also those who might be with us either live uh, on our YouTube stream or uh, by way of uh, uh, delay, uh, the recording uh, after the fact. I like to go back and check uh, if the choir sang all the right notes. Uh, no, I'm, ser I'm, I'm serious. Uh, I'm, only, I'm only serious. Uh, <laughs> actually, they know, you know, I kind of uh, go back and listen and uh, occasionally, like, for instance, last Sunday we, we pulled out the... Uh, uh, handle give thanks uh, or thanks be to thee and I was able to put it on as a kind of a thanksgiving message to my Facebook friends that was a nice uh, nice deal but uh, yes you can go back and view us anytime if you want to revisit uh, this service on our YouTube streaming channel uh, this morning of course we are are centered on uh, the idea of the fellowship of our faith of Christ welcoming uh, us into the body um, all who will come. Um, I'll just draw attention to a couple of things. The anthem today is a beautiful poem uh, 
with that in mind, uh, who at my door is standing. It's set by our friend and uh, local uh, composer, uh, nationally reputed, though, Lee Scott. He used uh, an old Irish tune. Sorry about that. Uh, right there. It's not Scottish this time. Uh, <laughs> used an old Irish tune that you'll know is Down by the Sally Gardens. Uh, tune-wise, and took that and arranged it with this lovely text, which is really uh, very meaningful. Uh, and in just a moment, we will, we will indeed sing about gathering together in grateful praise. May we go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the ability to come together to worship. May we be a welcoming family of faith. May we be people who are doing your bidding in opening our doors, our very lives, our very service to those who would be most in need. We thank you for this opportunity to come today as we continue to worship, as we continue to pray, as we hear your word through scripture and preaching and music. May we carry it forward this week. We pray this in the name of the one who was sent to welcome all to your kingdom. Amen. May we stand as we sing hymn number 378. We gather here in grateful praise. Hymn 378. Our first scripture lesson 
is a part of Psalm 81. I'll read the first verse and then verses 10 through 16. Sing for joy to God our strength. Shout aloud to the God of Jacob. I am the Lord your God who brought you up out of Egypt. Open wide your mouth and I will fill it. But my people would not listen to me. Israel would not submit to me. So I gave them over to their stubborn hearts to follow their own devices. If my people would but listen to me, if Israel would follow my ways, how quickly would I subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their foes. Those who hate the Lord would cringe before him and their punishment would last forever. But you would be fed with the finest of wheat, with honey from the rock I would satisfy you. Here ends our first lesson of scripture. to confess that I never look back at my sermon on the YouTube videos. Uh, I'm like Tim who is looking back on how the choir performs. They always perform excellently anyway, so he should have no worries. We're singing, they've just sang us a, a Welsh tune, I think, and we've had a, we're going to have an Irish tune, and we began with the Scottish Psalter. So it's been a very sort of British service, really, of worship, which is appropriate because I just wanted to remind you that this coming Friday is St. Andrew's Day. So next Sunday will be get out your kilt day or get out your plaid or get out your tartan and wear it to church. And I hope to wear my kilt in honor of St. Andrew uh, on this coming uh, next Sunday. But so St. Andrew's Day is on this coming Friday. So remember that, patron saint of Scotland and some other countries also in different parts of the world. This morning our reading is from the book of Hebrews, chapter 13. I want to read verses 1 through 8 and then read also verses 15 and 16. Let brotherly love continue. And do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Remember those who are in prison, as though in prison with them, and those who are ill-treated, since you are also in the body. Let marriage be held in honor among all, and let the marriage bed be undefiled, for God will judge the immoral and adulterous. Keep your life free from the love of money. Be content with what you have, for he has said, I will never fail you nor forsake you. Hence we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, I will not be afraid. What can women and men do to me? 
Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God, consider the outcome of their life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Through him, then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. And do not neglect to do good and share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. This is the word of the Lord. Maybe seated. Good morning. How are you guys today? Everything good? Jack? Everything good with you? Come over here just a minute. You know, uh, I want to talk to you about uh, something that you may have seen around or may have heard. You know, the, this time of the year, Things fall from the trees. What falls from the trees? Yeah. Or you, you might fall if you climbed it, haven't you? But we're talking about leaves. Leaves fall. Berries could fall. Now the leaves fall and they create a... What? Jack? Yeah, come, come right here. Come up here. If you don't come up, you know what will happen? Granddad will come down here and you'll look at it. All right. So... The, um, the leaves fall and they create all this, these leaves everywhere for us to, to have to get up, right? You ever have break those leaves up? And you do, don't you? There's also something else that falls. And for the last about month, my roof had been pelted with these all night long, especially if it's raining. And what are these? Acorns. They're acorns. Now, they're different at different, see some of them fell off earlier. This one must have just fallen off. But look at this one. It was down sort of in the edge of the, of the um, grass and some dirt there. Look at there. It's actually begun to sprout. What do they sprout? When or why? What do they Those become, they would become an oak tree. These came off of a big white oak tree that's out behind our house. And white oak trees grow really tall. They're used a lot or were way back in the days when we talked about with the Thanksgiving and we remember people then, that they would, they would make baskets with them, make uh, various different kind of chairs with them. And so that's what kind of tree this is. Now, these, these have begun to sprout. The, the point I was gonna make with you today is that that one is just in the process of this right here. It's not sprouting, it's just begun to crack open. And I think the sprout broke off of it, see? The scripture we read said that God will never leave us nor forsake us, which means that God is always the same. Same today as he was yesterday and will be tomorrow. And so it lets us know that someone, someone, that being God, has taken 
care to make sure that these acorns grow and those that fall and find their way in the ground produce a new tree and there's others that, that come and they grow up and through the years that cycle repeats itself because God is careful to make sure that his plan is carried out, his creation is cared for. So if, if you think about this, Jack, and you look at this, these acorns, you know, if, if God is making sure that that is done and cared for, don't you think he's, he's caring for you and making sure that you're okay, watching over you, making sure that, that uh, you learn and do the things that, that you need to? So it's just a reminder to us that, Jack, it's a reminder to us when we see this, that as we grow, that God is always with us. God watches over us, cares for us, and when we need to, to pray to God, that God will hear us, okay? Let's offer a prayer. Lord, thank you that you promise us uh, many things, one of those being that you're always with us, that you care for us, that you continually guide us. Pray that you would be with these young men. Watch over and care for them. May they be nurtured in your ways as well. In your name I pray. pray with me this morning God of love your son Jesus called Andrew to come and follow you and he did from successful fisherman he became a faithful disciple bringing the good news to all he met beginning with his family like Jesus his teacher he accepted everyone he took the initiative he made every obstacle in life a springboard to loving you going the extra mile to, point, to the point of dying a martyr's death. We honor him this week for the witness of his life and pray that we might follow his example in introducing family and friends to our Lord and Savior. As we approach World AIDS Day this week, comfort all who live with HIV, spread over all your quilt of mercy, love, and peace. Open our eyes to people who are in need. Open our ears to your truth echoing in our hearts. Give us strength to weep with those who grieve, to walk with the lonely, to stand with those who feel neglected. God of life, help us to find cure now and help to build a world in which no one dies alone and where everyone lives accepted, wanted, and loved. We pray for all who are in need at this time, those we know who are very close and dear to our hearts. Help those who, because of various circumstances, their hopes have been disappointed, their dreams are no more. Help them to keep on. At such a time, help them to remember that even if in this world the dream is out of reach, that this life is not only the life that there is. Help those whose hearts are sore to keep on. At such a time, help them to find comfort for sorrow, 
in the service of others. Grant that the work of their hands may soothe the sorrow of their hearts. Gracious God, may Jesus, the same yesterday, today, and forever, be at the heart of our worship and our living. And may all we do this week be to your glory and for his name's sake. All these we pray, concluding with the words that he himself taught us as we say together, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
This Sunday is a very personal anniversary for myself. Forty years ago to the very day, I was installed in my first pastoral ministry in Gallus Shields Baptist Church in the Scottish Borders. November the 25th, 1978 seems a long time ago, but I still remember it well. Three weeks before that, I had been ordained in my home church in Presswick in Ayrshire, and I have in the pulpit this morning the Bible that my mother and father gave to me on that day with an appropriate inscription that I can still read from my dad. We were living in our first house, so that was significant, and our oldest daughter was only five weeks old. I'm also grateful that 40 years later, I've had the opportunity to sense a renewal of that early call to pastoral ministry and serving as your pastor for preaching and teaching over the last few years. As I look back, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that through all the ups and downs of life that we all go through, in family as well as in church, that I can preach this morning on the text of Hebrews 13, which contains the verse, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. We all have memories of what it means to be involved in the life of the church, serving God in a variety of different ways. After all, as Baptists, we believe in the priesthood of all believers, in the problem serving God. We believe that all within the body of Christ are involved in, in serving God and serving one another. And this letter to Hebrews is written as a word of encouragement, a word of encouragement to a group of believers at the end of the first century who had been tempted to give up their faith, to abandon the life of the church. Life had been hard. Some of them had been oppressed. Some of them, as we read, had been put into prison. Many had felt the failure of their own lives to live up to all that they believed God had called them to be and they themselves had wanted to be. And in this final chapter, the writer brings together a variety of different words of encouragement, words of exhortation, words that seem to indicate how it is we are to live as the family of God, a fellowship of faith. We discover pictures in this chapter of the community of God in the first century and also in the 21st century, that we too might finish the race of faith, that we might enter into God's heavenly kingdom. He issues six basic instructions for those who are part of the church of God. First of all, she says that we are to love one another as sisters and brothers. Let brotherly love continue. It's the most basic feature of being a Christian. We're called to treat one another as family. And she has used this image of being sisters and brothers in Christ throughout the letter, calling the readers siblings on several occasions, urging them to continue in their supportive relationships to one another. It's so simple and straightforward, isn't it? And yet we know how often it's difficult. Keep on loving one another. In particular, she says, we are to allow mutual love to continue. And here the, the author uses the Greek word Philadelphia. The Greek noun expressing the love that is part of the family. We are family, that's what it means to be part of the church. And we're to continue and to nurture and to strengthen the bond we find ourselves in. Now you never choose to be part of a family. You're just born into a family or you're adopted into a family. 
and you have to live in that family as best you can. The church is the same. You never know what the church is going to be like until you join it. It contains the annoying mix of the saintly and the silly, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and I'll let you work out which part you are this morning. But each of us are part of a family. We're sisters and brothers in Jesus. Let mutual love continue. Yet we all know how difficult it is to be part of a human family. You've all experienced Thanksgiving meal this past week, so you know what I'm talking about. So we are to let brotherly, sisterly love continue. We're part of a family, the family of God. Secondly, that family is not to be an insular community focused merely on ourselves. This is more challenging. We can't forget to love the stranger as well. We don't wall ourselves off as members of a family as if we were a distinctive tribe and were only interested in ourselves. We're to show the love to the stranger in terms of hospitality. Now, in the first century, this was very important, a practical virtue because inns where you stayed were disreputable places. There were no Hampton Inns or Holiday Inn Expresses. And so the writer here, she says that we are to welcome and invite one another. We are to demonstrate hospitality. Be true to our community, our identity, an inclusive community of grace. When we do this, the writer reminds us that when we are hospitable, we ourselves actually receive a blessing in return. Very strange word, verse this, because she says that when we give hospitality, we might actually be entertaining angels unawares. I don't know if you've ever had that experience. I don't know if I have either. Perhaps you were thinking about Abraham and the three visitors to his home, or, or, or Gideon in Judges chapter 6. For all these characters, hospitality led them to a, an encounter with others which enriched their spirituality. And they were blessed in their service. When we express love to one another and when we give hospitality to those outside of the community of faith, especially those who are in need, we ourselves find our lives are enriched. Rather than an obligation, love of the strange, as one commentator puts it, is seen from the Greco-Roman or the Old Testament perspective, enjoy, enables us to be blessed in what we do to others. Matthew 25, Jesus speaking about giving a cup of water to people, and we, we don't realize how significant it is. And he says, whatever you did to one of the least of these, you did it to me. So not only are we blessed by perhaps being unaware of the fact that we entertain angels unawares, we encounter the presence of Jesus in others. Now, if we're honest, if we're honest, then we realize we often have a long way to go before we do treat others with that kind of love and concern. I've got a friend on Facebook who's a, a pastor of an inner city church in London. He expressed it this way. He often writes poems, and he expressed it this way in a poem that has its roots in a kind of play on a, a windmill in old Amsterdam. This is how he put it. I saw a man. Where? There in the stair. Where in the stair? Right there. A little man with holes in his shoes asleep on the steps of my church. A 
man barely visible as I rush by, the rain going drip, drippity drop on our hair and our faces. But it was a man, I'm sure, a man like me, but so not like me. It was hard to tell. And then he was gone, or I was. Entertain strangers unawares. Thirdly, they have a responsibility to remember those in prison and, and those who are being mistreated. Now, the context in which he's writing, he indicates that some of themselves had been in prison for the sake of their faith. So he says, remember those who were in prison. The prisons of the first century Rome were daunting places, crowded, dark rooms where prisoners were often bound and abused. These prisons necessitated friends and families providing goods and visit to those who were in chains. They are part of the same body, those who are in particular need. And so the congregation should identify themselves with those who are in need. He says, imagine that you were there with them. Imagine it. Get yourself into the shoes of those who are in need. And then perhaps you will demonstrate concern towards them. Samford University was not always called Samford University. Howard College of Arts and Sciences is still the part of the university that I serve in, that I work in. It was named after John Howard, an English prison, reformers, prison reformer who was so highly esteemed by Alabama Baptists in the 19th century that they decided to name their newly formed college after him, Howard College of Arts and Sciences in the state. These Alabama Baptists knew the bad conditions of prison life in the state, and they used his name to stimulate concern and action. I think most people who attend Sanford now don't realize the significance of that historical issue. But in 2018, we have nothing to boast about in our state with regard to our prisons. We see a glimpse, you say here, of what the kingdom of God is meant to do. It's meant to transform not only ourselves and our lives, but the situations in which we live. We continue not only as a church and a country to struggle with the inequality we find on so many different fronts in our lives. When we share the good news of God's love for the physical, emotional, and spiritual needs of people, we indeed let mutual love continue. Fourthly, with very little fanfare or explanation, she asserts that marriage should be honored and sexuality in marriage should be enjoyed but never exploited. A good verse, really, for a Me Too generation. It's a reminder that the relationship of love between human beings is to be marked by faithfulness, commitment, whether the relationship is straight or gay. We're all called to be committed to partners in life, to be faithful, where faithfulness sets us apart from a broader culture in which we live in. The love that we express within the family of faith, the love that we express to those who need, the love that we express within the life of the family with those we care for and love. Fifthly, a place should exist in their lives for contentment. Be content, he says, just a throwaway line. It's literally an anti-love of money. Contentment means to accept what God has provided. 
A lack of contentment is basically a lack of gratitude for what God has given. Contentment trusts in God's promises to be with us, to provide, and to protect. The final mark is worship. Through him, he says, let us continually offer a sacrifice of praise to God, the fruit of the lips that acknowledge his name. We do that Sunday by Sunday. We sing our hymns. We listen to the anthems. But that's not all there is to worship. And so he says, and do not neglect to do good and to share what you have. For with such sacrifices, God is pleased. What is worship? It is the offering of praise, the fruit of our lips. It is bringing to God our singing our prayers, but also our lives. The service really begins when we go out the doors of the church. We are thankful. We are grateful. Grateful to God, and that gratefulness to God makes us generous towards others. Worship infuses the whole of life. Thus, in our love for each other or the stranger, in our care for those in crisis, we are worshiping God. In our sharing that reflects our trust in God, rather than grasping after possessions, we are worshipping God. In our faithfulness to our covenant of love between one another, and to the example of those who have gone before us, we are worshipping God. All of life is a worship of God. We embody this way of life, not because of guilt, but because of grace. The grace that transforms and empowers us. Really, what she is saying in this final chapter of Hebrews is to live not for yourselves, but for others. And that's what ministry is all about. It's servant ministry. It's seeking the good of others beyond ourselves. Calls for consistency. Calls for commitment. It's also costly. Ministry is not easy. But seeing the work of God and the work of God's spirit in others is reward in itself. How like me is that we as a community try to live out this message this coming week and the weeks and months that lie ahead? What practices, we might ask, is God calling us to let go of? What practices are we being called to pick up in? What are the areas of service God is calling me and you to be engaged in? And what sustains our ministry? I confess that verse 6 or verse 5 is an important verse for me. Where God says, I will never fail you or forsake you. That's what keeps us going. Not our own strength. Not our own energy. But rather to know that God will never fail us. And hence, we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper, I will not be afraid. And then he says something even more wonderful. He says, we have the promise of one whom we will remember in the coming weeks who came at Advent, who came to be our Savior. He is Jesus Christ. He is the same yesterday and today and forever. How can we love one another? How can we offer hospitality? How can we remember those in prison? How can we be sustained in our life of faith in the days that lie ahead? Because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever.
In one early Greek manuscript, one copyist was so moved by that statement that he or she added an amen at the end of it. They were so thrilled with the thought that Jesus was with them. Yesterday, today, forever, Jesus is the same. All may change, but Jesus never. Glory to his name. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Gracious God, we thank you that we are never alone. We have one another to sustain and encourage us. But when we feel that we are alone, you are the one who is always with us, the helper in time of need. Help us to put our trust in you and in putting our trust in you, showing a concern for other people. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Our final hymn asks a question, but is really a statement of faith. Number 425, her firm a foundation, ye saints of the Lord. Let us stand to sing praise.
Let us pray. Merciful Father, we thank you for this beautiful day and this season of harvest. Forever remind us that the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Inspire us to invite others to come and labor for your kingdom. As we reflect on the abundance of friends and family with which you have blessed us, we also reflect on the abundance of your love and grace you shall us. Increase our spirit of hospitality. Bless the fellowship we enjoy in this church and without. In response, we now bring to you our tithes and our offerings, joyfully and with hearts full of thanksgiving. Bless these offerings so that they may be used to bring hope to the least, the lost, and the less fortunate. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.
loving God, we present these tithes and offerings to you. We bring them into your house that they might be dedicated to you, that you might consecrate them, that they might be multiplied and used to reach others for your kingdom. In your holy name I pray. Amen. Be seated for just a moment, please. Just uh, very brief announcements. Uh, once again, welcome to all of those who are here with us today, if you're visiting. <clears throat> We're especially uh, thankful that you're here. <clears throat> We're on a regular schedule this week, back to our usual um, weekday schedules of um, Wednesday evening Bible study and a fellowship supper prayer and Bible study, so you'll want to make note of that. Back to the parables of Luke this week, so you'll, uh, you'll enjoy that. But the, uh, also the Thursday men's Bible study, and we will resume the, uh, the communion service this week. It will be the first Thursday before Advent begins next week, so we'll start then. And I hope that you'll be able to join us for that. In your bulletin, you probably saw an order form for the uh, poinsettias. If you want to leave one of those, purchase those for uh, in memory or honor of someone, you can do that. And uh, they'll be in decorating the sanctuary, I think, the uh, third and fourth Sunday of Advent. That's, I think, when we're going to have them in here. So that'll be soon. But I hope that you will, uh, you'll take notice of that. It's been good to be here today and to worship, and especially to celebrate with you on the 40th anniversary. That's quite a, quite a, uh, a date to celebrate, uh, Dr. Roxborough. So uh, we'll let you have you come and bless us as um, we remember that, but also celebrate with you too. As we go, let's receive the blessing of God, the God who is with us, the God who surrounds us, the God who says he will never leave us or forsake us. We go with that blessing ringing in our ears. Amen.